Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, but most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message is Mighty Men of God. We'll start reading in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8-10. through 10. But first, Miss Gloria Estes will sing The Old Rugged Cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the symbol of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of loss. Second Samuel, if you would, look at verse chapter 23, verses 8, 9, and 10, and underline three straight verses in your Bible. There be the names of the mighty men whom David had detached one night and set in his seat, chief among the captains. The same was added of the Ezanite. He lifted up his spear against eight on the earth. He slew it one time, and after him with Eleazar, the son of Dodo the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they despoiled the Philistines that were there gathered together from battle to battle, and the men of Israel were going away, he arose and spoke to Philistine, until his hand was weary, and his hand laid unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. 
and the people returned after him on it to spoil. I will talk to you. That's one of the great mighty men of God. That's Eleazar. He's not one of the Bible jobs to read about, but just another soldier who did his job for God. We'll never know until we get to heaven how many Christians, preachers, missionaries, and other workers there are like that man. God help us to seek God's will for our lives. Verse 9, a mighty man. In the passage of Samuel, is talking about David and the soldiers yet who were referred to as the mighty men. This was a small group of soldiers that's shown special qualities and abilities beyond the average soldier. They were separated out and given the privilege of being known as mighty men. And his are was one of these men. What a privilege. What an honor for the great king of Israel, David, to refer to you as a mighty man. He himself, a great and brave soldier, to call you a mighty man, meant you were somebody in the eyes of David. This is also my desire, my desire to be a mighty man in the eyes of the king of kings and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be something for Jesus in my life. When I get to heaven, I'm going to throw down my rewards at his feet and be counted. My desire to be great in the eyes of the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ. I care not what the world thinks about me as long as I please him. I care not what the Christians think about me as long as I please him. Every Christian should have the desire to be a great man for their God. Mighty men are not are in a real shortage today. Men who will dare to be different. Men who have to, who dare to put on the whole armor of God and stand. Real men who will walk, talk, and look and act like real men. God is still seeking for men that will make up the edge and stand in the gap. God tells help us to seek to be mighty men of power, mighty men of prayer, mighty men of praise, mighty men of preaching. Have you heard the story of Peter Cartwright? He was an old-time circuit-riding preacher. One time he came to a meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, at a Methodist preacher's conference. He was so rough and a sort of woodsman that some of the people didn't want him to preach. Finally, someone asked to preach him just before he preached. He walked General Jackson. Some of the preachers told him to watch what he said. He told them to let him alone, let me alone. If he does not repent, he will go to hell like everybody else. The next day, he was asked to dine with General Jackson. Jackson said, Peter, if I could man an army with men like you, I could go across the Atlantic and take over the British Empire. Cartwright was a mighty man of God. Eleazar, number two, was a fighting man. In verse 10, our text said he fought until his hand was weary. It looked like in First Chronicles 11, 12 through 14, it looked like David and Eleazar made 
and stand alone one day to fight off the Philistines. And his own day were together in the midst of a parcel of ground. And the two of them fought and held off the Philistines. No doubt they were outnumbered and outflanked, but they stood and fought. We need some fighters today. Whether some of you realize it or not, you're in a battle. You're fighting the world, the flesh, and the devil. As this song says, it's a battlefield, brother. Not a recreation room. It's a fight. And it's not a game. Run if you want to. Run if you will. I came here to fight. Eleazar was weary, but he just kept on fighting. God help us to be not weary and well doing. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. I want you to look at something else mentioned under this same poem. It looks like Eleazar and David were the only two who fought. Just Eleazar and the king. You know, when you come right down to it, it would be just you and your God. People can help. Friends can aid you. But when it comes right down to it, it is you and God. Let us do as Eleazar and stand firm to fight with our king until the end of the battle. Eleazar, number three, was also a cleaning man. Second Samuel 23.10, his hand cleaved to his sword. To cleave means to be strongly attached. He had fought so hard and so long and battled at his hand cleaved to the sword. His fighting was with such favorable intensity, favorable intensity that they had to pry his fingers off the sword. Eleazar knew that it sword was his only hope of surviving. It was the difference between life and death. Eleazar knew that if he lost his sword, he was finished. A soldier without his sword in battle is helpless and useless. That's why he claimed his sword. May God himself teach us this truth in the plant. It deepened our heart so that we never forget it. I sold you the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, Ephesians 6.17. Listen to me, soldier. That soul is your only hope of survival. That soul is the difference between life and death. Without that sword, you're helpless and useless. Without that sword, you're finished. That's why the devil will try to destroy your faith in the King James 1611 Bible. If the devil can just get you to lay down your sword, he has got you. Oh, by the grace of God, may we never lay our sword down. But may we do as Eleazar did and cleave to it until the battle's over. Number four, this man was a victorious man. In Second Samuel 23, 10, it says, And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. In First Chronicles 11, 14, it says, And the Lord saved him by great deliverance. Eleazar and David have stood shoulder to shoulder as two great soldiers and fought off an attack from the Philistines. In Second Samuel 23, 10, it says that the people return after him, only to spoil. That is the only thing the people did. Yet it spoiled the battle. It was called a great victory and a great deliverance in the kingdom. Again, that they, these two men stood, and with God's power, 
defended that portion of ground. The Lord used Eleazar to bring victory for him, his king, and his people. I believe this is the desire of every truly born again person who's trying to have a right, live right. That is to live victoriously. The reason that victory came is because he was a mighty man, a fighting man, and a cleaving man. Apart from these three things, there would have been no victory. If we want victory, we must trod the path of it. The victorious, there can be no victory unless we engage in a battle. Are you in a battle? Are you fighting for Jesus Christ? Would you get to heaven? Would you be able to stand beside Eleazar as one of the mighty men? May God use us as he did Eleazar, as a mighty man of God. Thank you for listening. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm going to bow my head and ask you to bow your head. I want you to ask Jesus to come in your heart and save you as I pray for you. I pray, God, Heavenly Father, that whoever's listening to this message will respond to the gospel. Let them call on Jesus to ask him to forgive them their sins and open their heart and open their heart. Then they might let Jesus come in their heart and save them. And then join a Bible-believing church and get baptized and go to work for Jesus. Let them be one of these mighty men like Eleazar and David was standing in the gap filling in the edge, doing what God wants them to do. And I pray, God, that somebody listening to those messages this morning, December the 19th, would respond to the gospel. Let us know about it. But we'll thank you for it in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.